Welcome to the Online Marketing for Doctors podcast, the place to grow and scale profitable practices with your show hosts, Huyen Truong and Steve Tate. Welcome to the OMD TV and podcast show. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, Through this show, we like to give our audiences uh, a chance to learn uh, some new tips and strategies on how they can grow their practices or clinics. Uh, And sometimes we have the opportunity to have special guests on the show who can bring their own valuable insights into how they've uh, successfully grown and scaled their practice. And today we have a special guest on our show, Dr. Jeff Cashin, the owner and also the main surgeon of Vaxectomy Australia. And the topics that we're going to discuss about today is how to successfully scale a medical center um, nationwide. And Dr. Cashin has been running Vaxectomy Australia for a number of years now and um, with operation in most major cities in Australia. And we're very excited to hear from you today and learn from your experience of how to run a scale and uh, a medical center nationwide. So this is part of our COVID special uh, success story series where we've been featuring interviews with clinics who have successfully pivoted and tried through the tough times like the recent COVID-19 pandemic. Welcome to the show, Dr. Gashin. Thanks, great to be here. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Now, I mean, for our audience here who may not know you uh, that well, uh, could you just tell us a little bit about yourself and your practice? Sure, so I've been a doctor for about 18 years now. My first 10 years were spent in emergency medicine um, and then about eight years ago I switched over to general practice and uh, was working for, as a GP for about uh, five or six years. About three or four years ago I transitioned again from general practice uh, and started doing vasectomies and I was doing vasectomies and general practice side by side. And then about two or three years ago I then left general practice and had elected to do vasectomies 100% full time. Mm-hmm. And that's what I do now. I have uh, Vasectomy Australia, which is a essentially a, a vasectomy practice which, uh, comprising of me. Okay. And uh, <laughs> we have um, we have uh, clinics in Sydney, Melbourne, Adelaide, and then a few cities around Sydney as well, and a couple of clinics. Here, one clinic in Central Queensland and uh, another in Canberra. Great. And so, what inspired you to uh, specifically focus on just vasectomy? Well, I'd been a GP, as I said, and I'd been, uh, I'd actually run clinics and set up clinics. Um, so I had four clinics up in uh, central Queensland. We had 18 doctors. Uh, obviously, that's quite a, a big operation to run. Um, but I just decided that once I, or I actually exited those businesses, so I sold those um, to, a, to a corporate. <laughs> and that gave me the opportunity just to really think about where I wanted to go. And at that time, I had just, as I said, I just started doing vasectomies around that time. I'd sort of been doing them for about a year or so. And it was something I was really enjoying. So I thought, look, um, now that I've got a chance to you know, do something different, um, I looked at doing, I, I decided that I wanted to do vasectomies full time. And of course it took a little while for that to build up, but um, I was um, quite happy that um, I'd made that decision. And, and three or four years down the track now, I'm very happy I made that decision. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Uh, no regrets is no, good. No regrets at all. <laughs> okay, great. Um, now, as we had mentioned in the introduction, that uh, some of the focus of this conversation is around the coronavirus mm. and the recent pandemic because as you're running these clinics nationwide, uh, especially in Australia, which 
uh, had a lot of border closing, border closures. Yeah. Uh, you know that that would impact. We imagine that would impact your business quite a bit. Yeah. So, can you tell us a little bit more about sort of your initial reactions mm. to? Uh, the beginnings of uh, COVID in Australia. Yeah, look, the timing was interesting because I had just moved from central Queensland uh, in November 2019 to Sydney, back to Sydney, we'd lived here before, and uh, things were starting to really pick up. And the main reason was to, you know, to get Vasectomy Australia, to get, you know, be, be closer to Adelaide, closer to Melbourne and those, those clinics. Uh, so when the, you know, the, the pandemic really hit, you know, hard around sort of February, March last year, we couldn't operate at all. So we, we, we I want to say we, we took as in other vasectomy doctors as well, made a decision that we would follow the sort of um, the pause on elective surgery at that time. So for, I think it was around March, March, April mm -hmm. would have been last year, I think. Um, we didn't do any vasectomies at all. So even, not even in your hometown. So that was, uh, that was a pretty, uh, yeah, it was a pretty stressful time um, because, you know, I just sort of, uh, just sort of, was really this, the business was really starting to take off. Obviously, once those restrictions had been lifted on doing elective surgery, we could get back doing them. But unfortunately, for the rest of the the year and and even right now, um, the border closures have been a, a huge uh, impediment to my business as well because I can't go to South Australia or Victoria. Often because of outbreaks we've had here in Sydney, or in Victoria's case last year, it was because of their outbreaks. So uh, that's been um, that's been challenging. Mm -hmm. And how do you deal with that? <laughs> well, uh, initially you, you look at ways, I mean, you use the downtime, I guess, to try and work on, you know, work on the business and do look at other ways. Uh, when we, uh, when we had the closure last year, we actually pivoted straight into, I mean, I had a, I had a family to feed, mm -hmm. so I had to make a decision of, well, what am I going to do? And the, the first thing I did was call, you know, friends who own general practices here in Sydney and say, Hey, it's Jeff, you know, you got some work for me. And they were like, yeah, sure. Come in. But of course no one was going to the doctor. Mm -hmm. So you'd, I'd sure. go in and there'd be, I'd see four patients for the day and that wasn't really going to pay my rent. So um, at that time, I, you know, there was a big push for telehealth. Mm -hmm. um, and so I figured, well, you know, look, I'll just set up a telehealth general practice. So that's what I did. And uh, we set up a, a little uh, telehealth business called Your GP Online. And um, we got that up and running quite quickly. Yeah, great. Uh, how quick of a pivot was that? Very quick. Right. Very okay. quick. Yeah. It sure. wasn't something I could uh, develop a plan over a few months and get up and running. I had to get it going. I had to, you know, provide cash flow pretty quickly. So mm -hmm. uh, I would say that once the decision to do it, uh, to actually, you know, create this business, we were seeing patients within a week or two, which was which was quite phenomenal. Right. Um, you know, I was very fortunate uh, to have you guys to get sure. me to get the uh, the website. <laughs> going uh, yeah. pretty quickly and also I had um, some good IT support to get a, a you know a, a, a remote database a clinical software program going quite quickly as well and I mean this was an opportunity for you to obviously find more income or mm. find income during yeah. this period as you couldn't do your uh, elective surgeries did it did it sustain that period yeah it did actually it was quite uh, it was quite surprising how quickly it was we got it going okay. and um, I would say within a month, I, would, I could be seeing up to forty patients a day online from right. home. Um, so that was it. Was it was good? It was certainly um, it was certainly not what I wanted to be doing, but mm -hmm. what I had to do. And mm -hmm. uh, and when you're in that situation where you've got to provide an income for your family, I've got two young daughters, and that's just what you've got to do. And I was um, I was quite happy with um, how quickly we were able to make this uh, business cash flow positive. Right. It's one of the things that we always stress with any business that we're working with is the ability to be nimble mm. and flexible and make 
changes. It's very interesting from your perspective because you've made a change into a really a different sort of space entirely mm -hmm. than what your product currently was at that time. Yep. Uh, and so that's interesting that you've made that choice, but mm. you're right, you do need to make money and keep food on the table. Yep. So necessity uh, that's right. <laughs> uh, breeds invention, that's as right. they say. Absolutely. Uh, right. And so now we know where this story goes, yep. but for our audience who may not be as familiar, uh, how is your GP online today? <laughs> well, it, it, it doesn't exist anymore. Sure. <laughs> no, it, it, it came and went pretty quickly. Um, mm. I think the I think we probably had the business open for about three or four months. Mm -hmm. um, fortunately, we could get back to doing vasectomy, so that was obviously a big you know a big reason for it to, to settle down. But mm -hmm. look, one of the other reasons, well as well, was that uh, with general practice, it was. It was going to be very much again, and this is something one of the main reasons I got out of general practice the first time. It was going to be heavily uh, regulated, mm -hmm. Medicare compliance, uh, threats of audits, that sort of thing. And you know, I just didn't want to go back there. Right. Uh, I, I, initially, I thought, hey, this could be a good little side business to have as well as Vasectomy Australia, but a um, lot of competitors very quickly entered the market. Um, it's probably a good way to generate cash flow in the short term, but mm -hmm. uh, in the long term, I'm not sure it's going to be a particularly, um, you know, a particularly profitable business. Let's sure. put it that way. Sure. And but thankfully, you were able to come back to vasectomy. That's Australia, right. Exactly. Start that practice yeah. again. And one thing I'd like to, you know. It probably what people don't forget is you know in March last year we were people were saying that you know this could be going on for months this mm -hmm. could be now of course it has gone on for months <laughs> but we thought maybe we can't operate for a year mm -hmm. maybe maybe we're not going to be able to do vasectomies for twelve months twenty four months who knows so it was very I mean and that was part of the reason I thought I've got to get something quick, going quickly is mm -hmm. because it was there was so much uncertainty around the whole thing so. Um, but you know, it all worked out. I mean, obviously, common sense prevailed, and we could get back operating, and, and that was a you know, that was good. So now we know that you uh, have a GP background. You used to run a medical center. Now, uh, lots of our audience will think, what a radical change you made to run from running a medical center with multiple doctors, a lot of staff, mm. to a vasectomy center that's pretty much have you and some you know a couple of staff mm. uh, assisting you. So, what drove you to that decision? Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. Um, I mean, if you probably look at it in two, two ways, you look at the professional um, side of it and yeah. you look at the commercial side of it. So uh, professionally, um, going from a, a GP is a jack of all trades, master of none. Mm -hmm. uh, you're seeing 30 to 40 patients a day, undifferentiated problems, mm -hmm. very mentally exhausting. It's oh. very mentally exhausting. You get home, you're just absolutely, you know, destroyed at the end of every day. Um, so going and doing something more procedural um, certainly uh, was for me was going to be a much more enjoyable way for me to practice medicine um, as I you know go into my 50s and potentially 60s um, so that was that I wanted to do something I enjoyed a lot more than general practice I just wasn't enjoying the job commercially uh, general practices are a very hard business um, and it, look it, a lot of people will say that and it's true a very huge cost base associated with running general practices leases equipment staff costs uh, there's not a lot left for you at the end of the day to take on all that stress and effort and I think that you know when you run a business there should be there should be a financial reward for it and I, and I couldn't really see that in general practice. So um, I was fortunate that I could, you know, 
I could build my practices to a size that would interest someone in buying them, I and I was able to sell them. Um, but I didn't really feel that general practice is. It, it, I feel it's always going to have those um, constraints on it going forward. I think it's always going to be a very tough, tough business to make money in. Yeah. So in a lot of our videos and podcast episodes, we talk about how to scale the practice. And one of the things that we have been advising our audience is that to pick one procedure mm -hmm. that you really enjoy doing and you see potential in scaling. Yeah. So that's something you actually you nail, you nail it. <laughs> because I, I think you pick a procedure, you can, you can do it in a short amount of time and you can do it like multiple procedures in a week. Mm -hmm. And so another factor in scalability is to think about adding more doctors yeah. to your teams so they can do more procedure for you. Have you thought about that? Or you still want to stick to one, one man, uh, you know, bad right now, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's, I mean, it's a good question. And of course, um, I mean, my entrepreneurial spirit is always looking at making things bigger. And of course, one way to do that is yeah. to take on new doctors. It's a tricky one because um, as you talk about scale, you know, when, when, when I'm scaling, I'm scaling myself essentially. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying, I'm scaling myself with geographically by being in more locations. I'm mm -hmm. scaling the operations by being more efficient. I'm scaling my marketing by using digital marketing. Yeah. Um, and of course, the next step would be to scale outside of myself. So actually having another person doing that. Yeah. That's a, look, professional services, and I'm sure you, you would understand this, is a very hard, a very hard businesses to scale. Mm -hmm. and, the, and the simple reason is that you're dealing with highly intelligent trained professionals mm -hmm. who don't like to be told what to do. <laughs> and that's not being critical, it's because I'm, I'm probably exactly the same. Mm -hmm. So trying to scale, uh, trying to build a process, build a system, and then ask a uh, very, successful, intelligent person to come into that system mm. is, is, is quite difficult. Um, they will want to do things their own way. And, and that's one of the real, I guess it's one of the real deterrents to scaling and, and bringing on other doctors. I, I use the analogy of, um, you know, looking at McDonald's. I said, yeah. you know, trying to bring doctors, lawyers, accountants, SEO specialists into a business and and saying here's a process run it is like trying to you know it's like having McDonald's and putting a Michelin star chef in there mm -hmm. they're not going to want to make the same burger every day so um, so that's look I'm, and I'm not ruling it out it's not something that I'm going to never do yeah. um, but um, I guess uh, at the moment I'm quite happy with the the way I've done it and um, you know I feel there's, I still feel there's a lot of growth. Um, just with me as the as the primary doctor. Mm -hmm. mm. Just a side question though, have you thought about exit, exit plan in the future? No, and, I, and look to be honest, uh, I, I, I come into this business fully wide, eyes wide open that there, there may not, there's, there's probably not going to be a huge payday at the end of it for me. Oh, yeah. um, but I think that trade-off comes from the fact that, uh, you know, you can have a, a, a probably a more profitable business now, mm -hmm. but it's very, you know, there would be some value to the business, you know, five, 10 years down the track, but um, I, I, don't, uh, I don't have any expectations that um, someone's gonna walk along with a big check and I'm gonna go. <laughs> Lying on a beach for the rest of my life. So. <laughs> <laughs> the, the thing is, the, the next question, what are you going to do afterwards, right? Yeah. A lot of businesses sell their business and uh, they end up having nothing to do and then they get bored. Yes. And then they have to come up with the next project to work on. And I was thinking, why don't you just keep working on what you've been working on so far? Exactly. And then grow it and, yeah. and build it to the bigger one. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Great. I'd like to dive in a little bit deeper into some of these strategies that you're using to grow yourself na nationwide because you do run a very lean operation. It mm. is just you as the only doctor here. So how, how do you feel about having this burden 
uh, well, or is it a burden, I guess, placed, uh, placed upon yourself to uh, be the sole person responsible for growing it nationwide? Yeah, I mean, it's a good question, and it's a question I get asked a lot. Uh, people say, you know, how do you, you, you're in Adelaide one day, you're in Melbourne the next day, you're in Sydney the next day. Um, you know, obviously you've got to go where the work is. Mm -hmm. um, that's, the, that's the number one thing. You can't sit at home waiting for it to come to you. And there's only so many guys in Sydney who want a vasectomy. So sure. if I want to do this five <laughs> days a week, then I have to go where they are. And um, that's a big part of it. Uh, it. It's definitely, you know, coming back to what I said before about general practice, the, the actual physical burden on myself is not as, not as high as being a GP sitting in the same room every day. Um, right. To be honest, for me anyway, it might, mm -hmm. might not be for other people, but uh, you know, I go to, I'm a, you know, I sleep in my own bed 12, 12 nights out of 14. I'm mm -hmm. only away two, two nights and that's mm -hmm. be a day in Adelaide and then two in Melbourne. Mm -hmm. uh, the rest of my clinics, apart from a couple of smaller clinics, one in Dubbo and one in Rockhampton, um, the, uh, the other ones are within driving distance of Sydney. So it's, you know, I get up early, but I'll drive to Newcastle and back, I'll drive to Wollongong and back, I'll drive to Central Coast and back. So, um, and then we've got all the, the other clinics in Sydney as well so I mean that's a big part of it just being prepared to put in the work being prepared to go where, where the work is right I think that's and that's good advice too <laughs> is uh, being prepared to put in the work yeah well I think look to be honest I think that would apply to a, probably a lot of your clients a lot of your mm -hmm. listeners that um, uh, you know people who do um, those sort of, you know not maybe, not so much vasectomies but other procedures where uh, they can build lists, uh, build um, presences in other markets and, and go into them and, and, and do those procedures there that they don't have to stay in the one, the one uh, geographical area. Sure. And so what would be, say, a vision for Vasectomy Australia, say, in five years? Like, have you stopped expanding? Were you... Oh. Are you keen to keep growing? <laughs> <laughs> I, I've probably reached as many clinics as I can do now, and mm -hmm. it's now just about you know growing those clinics. So, uh, look, I would say in five years I'll still be doing what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. um, I would hope that the clinics have matured. Um, so we've got some clinics which are you know well and truly matured, and some are still in their early phases. Mm -hmm. uh, it's about going to those. You know, it's it's really about turning up, keep coming back to those clinics. You know, it's like a rock band. You've got to keep going back, and hopefully there's a few more people in the crowd each time. Sure, so, sure. And, and some, some clinics take uh, might take a year to build. Mm -hmm. Some are busy from the first day. You, you don't really know, and it's as much as you, know, you can do as much research as you want. But the only way you know is turn up, tell people I'm here, and hope they turn up. And, yeah. and uh, you've just got to uh, just got to see how they pan out. Uh, you know, you, you also got to know when to cut your losses too. So sometimes you guess some clinics just don't work. You just got to let them go. And yeah. before I moved to Sydney, we had a couple in Brisbane like that, um, but we're just just not working. You know? Right. So uh, we we cut them. So not every place will be a good location. No, and it's very hard to predict. You could go into a you could go into a market where you've got five competitors and mm -hmm. do really well. You could go somewhere where there's no one doing vasectomies and you're still <laughs> only doing two cases. <laughs> right, right. So you, you, it's, it is really hard to predict, but um, you, know, okay. you just got you just got to give it a go. Great. Yeah. So I have this question. So I've seen that lots of clinics have failed over the years because they failed to adapt to changes when the market changes, especially what you've seen so far with the COVID-19 situation. So how have you kept yourself nimble and flexible, you know, over the years of running Vaxectomy Australia? And yeah, that would be very helpful for our audience today to listen to because running a medical center or any kind of medical practice is something, it's a lot of work. Mm. And make it nimble and flexible is hard. So yeah. do you have any advice for our audience today? Oh, I look, I think it's it's pretty pretty simple advice. It's just, you know, listen to the market, um, you know, make sure that you're listening to um, what your patients and your 
your customers are saying. Mm -hmm. um, try and uh, look for new opportunities. Always be proactive. Don't rest on your laurels. Don't um, assume that um, just because a clinic's going well today that it'll still be going well in 12 months. Always be trying to improve it, trying to look to it for ways to uh, improve it and look for new opportunities if, um, if they come up. I like the... Um, Mark Cuban, I think, has a saying that you know he assumes that uh, you know for 24 hours a day someone's trying to uh, take him out of business, and I think that's a good, yeah, I think it's a good mentality. I think healthy, a bit of healthy paranoia is a good thing in business to to always be looking to constantly improve your your product and um, and um, and your position in the market. Yeah, yeah, and it's. True. Mm. I mean, whether it's a conscious decision by your competitors or not, no, yeah. uh, theoretically, everyone else who's in this space is trying to take business from you yeah, because they're keen to uh, to have the business for themselves. That's right. Uh, so that's a very mm. good point. Um, now you do have competitors. Yep. And speaking of competitors, uh, you do have some uh, in your space, including some large brand names. Mm. Uh, how do you? How have you developed a value proposition that you see? It's sort of being unique for yourself and vasectomy Australia. Yeah, look, I think it's really about letting guys know that when if they come to me and, and want a vasectomy, it's going to be me who's mm -hmm. doing it. So it's not a brand. Like, yeah, sure, we are vasectomy. You know, I am vasectomy Australia mm -hmm. um, because you know I did want to have a, 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 a you know, so you let the, the the market know that uh, what you do and where you are. So mm -hmm. yep. <laughs> it made it made sense to have that sort of name. But uh, but when when guys look into our website and, and do a bit more research, you're going to realise it is me. Mm -hmm. It's me who's doing the the, um, the vasectomy. And when you turn up, um, it's not a random person that who you don't know. So right. that for me is a is a big selling point. Mm -hmm. uh, and when when guys come into our into our practice, uh, you know we we tell them, you know, you're, you're, you're a patient for life. You know, if you, mm -hmm. you, you'll have my mobile number when you leave this, um, when you leave your appointment today, you can call me at any time if you've got any problems. And having that one-on-one uh, -on -one personal touch, I think is a, is a really, really good thing. Agreed. Okay. So, you know, in order to grow to a vaccetomy Australia to the level you're having right now, you must have done a very good job with your marketing work. So our audience would love to hear from you. What have you done in order to generate like patients nationwide for your, your practice? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, um, there are... What a leading question yeah, well, this is. Yeah, I, this is going. I know, exactly. <laughs> no, but... Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's a it's a good question because you know, you look when you look at how you build a brand and how you market yourself, you've got um, you've got your scalable things you can do, and you've got your non-scalable things you can do. And I think um, obviously the scalable things are the digital marketing, so things that you know you when you can market when you're asleep. Um, so a great website, um, as Steve will and, and you both will know, <laughs> you were dealing with a pretty ordinary website when yeah. uh, when I joined you. Um, because I had that, you know, like most most uh, business owners and doctors, you couldn't let go. You had to, you had, I had to be doing the website. So <laughs> I, I did the, the Wix, Wix, the Wix website, which you know, couldn't rank on SEO, had no content, but I thought it was great. It was a great website. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I mean, I think, um, you know, that, that was a big start. So getting a really professional website, getting a really professional web presence mm -hmm. um, is, is a, and, and being able to rank. And we've ranked so quickly in, in most of our keywords. Uh, and then the PPC is obviously um, just as important, you know, I don't know if it's even more important perhaps, but mm -hmm. uh, having, a, you know, really great PPC campaigns that, um, you know, really dig into those keywords and, and make sure you're generating. So that's certainly, um, 
I'd probably say it's probably more than 50% of the success. Um, but then you've also got to look at the non-scalable things like, you know, trying to get those GP referrals. So that's mm -hmm. just hard work. You know, you just got to put in that hard work. You've got to, uh, you know, on, when I first got to Sydney, I was out in the car with, you know, business cards and, mm -hmm. and brochures and knocking on doors and letting mm -hmm. people know who I was. Mm -hmm. um, and then, of course, you've got your, once, once you do develop, the once you, you're seeing patients, you've got to get that word of mouth. So it's all very good to have a great marketing campaign, but if you can't do a vasectomy and you're having lots of complications and the procedure isn't working, well, it's, no one's going to be coming back. <laughs> no so, one will come back to so that. So you've, you've got to always be working on providing a great, right. you know, you've got to be great at what you do, you've got to be really good at what you do, and, you've, and you want that guy to walk out and tell his brother-in-law and tell his mate that, hey, this is the guy, if you want a vasectomy, you've got to go see this guy. Sure. So that's a good thing about uh, the fact that you are specialized in one procedure because you have all this like time and knowledge to build up your skill mm. and to be really good at one thing. Yeah. And that's what we've been talking a lot in our previous podcast and, and video episodes. We talk about what's your one thing, right? Because yeah. when we talk a lot um, with other doctors and surgeons and they tend to offer a number of different mm. services. And um, when patients come to them, they just look at themselves pretty much like any other clinics yeah. because they offer the same type of services yeah. and it's really hard to differentiate themselves unless they have like 30 or 40 years of experience a lot of media you know mm. mentioned and stuff like that so I think specializing one thing and make it scalable is a great way yeah. to make a, a profitable and scalable business yeah absolutely and I think you and I we've talked about um, one of my favorite uh, I guess um, uh, personal development authors is Grant Cardone who talks about um, you know if you're not first you're last and what he's saying there is really you've got to be first in the mind of the person wanting that service so you know when if someone thinks of brain surgery we just think Charlie Teo you know if you're mm -hmm. thinking of a knee surgeon you've got to go I want to be that knee surgeon that people think of straight away and I think that's really important I think um, exactly what you say you you need to have one thing that you are the person that people want to go for, go yeah. to for. And also like the fact that you picked the, the name Vaxetomy Australia because you have a vision for that when you chose that domain name, right? Because uh, you, you think about your future of scaling this business to nationwide and mm. I, I love that fact so much. Yeah. 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 Mm. Can't think small. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How you've dealt with coronavirus and have successfully scaled and grown your practice to what it is today. I'm sure our audience will appreciate it. Do you have any sort of final advice uh, that you'd love to instill in our audience listening in today? Just uh, work hard. I think work hard? <laughs> no, work hard. I think it's... Um, I think life is sometimes about a bit of imbalance so that you can have a bit more balance later on. But, mm -hmm. uh, you know, don't be afraid to put in the hours. Mm -hmm. No, and I think that's great advice. Uh, a great lesson for people who want things immediately That's right. uh, <laughs> and find it difficult to get it immediately. It requires work and Absolutely. effort and time. Yeah. Great. Um, well, thank you very much for, for the chat today, Jeff. Now, if you want to learn more tips and strategies for helping to generate more patients uh, to your clinic or practice through your sales funnels, then I recommend that you join us in our webinar, The Three Must Use Strategies to increasing your patients and referrals on autopilot. Spending one hour with us in that webinar will help you to master the fine art of generating more uh, patients for your clinic and in practice. I'll leave the link for that webinar in our show notes below. Jeff, 
Thank you very much for joining us today on our OMD yeah. TV and podcast show. Thanks, yeah. it's been great. And making all the way from Sydney's DVD to our studio. Yeah. <laughs> Long drive of uh, 15 minutes. <laughs> 15 minutes. <laughs> minutes. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Jeff. Thank you. And uh, if you have any comments on today's show, we'd love for you to leave a, a message for us in the comments section below. Thank you very much for joining us, and we look forward to seeing you at the next show. Thank you for listening to the Online Marketing for Doctors podcast with Hu Yen Truong and Steve Tate. Be sure to check out the archive section on our website for previous episodes at onlinemarketingfordoctors.com slash podcast. And subscribe to the show so we can catch you at the next episode.